a positive pulse. I'm your host, Sandy Washington. We bring you positive news, inspiring stories, and helpful information. Thanks for tuning in. Positive news and entertainment. With your host, Sandy Washington. Positive Pulse FM. You're listening to Positive Pulse. I'm Sandy Washington. We're bringing you positive news and inspiration. And today we have some really great and helpful information for you. We have a very special guest with us. We have suicide prevention advocate and author, Mr. Carl E. David from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And he'll be sharing something that's near and dear to his heart. Welcome to the show, Mr. David. Thank you, Sandy. Call me Carl. Mr. David is way too formal. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Carl. We appreciate you joining us today. I'd like to start out with the book you have out, Bader Field, How My Family Survived Suicide. I definitely want to hear what inspired it and just give us a little background and tell us more about that book. Sure. Um, I actually lost a brother to suicide when I was 16. He was 22. Years went by, but it really wreaked havoc with my life. And my dad passed away only eight years after that. I I can't imagine how either of my parents even survived the loss of a child. That is just the most horrendous thing that anybody could ever endure. But I knew that at some point that I needed to memorialize both my dad and my brother because they were my heroes. And so I began to write this book, and it took me decades to write the book because it was painful. I had to go back and relive a lot of trauma. There were times where I would put it down for weeks, months at a time. I just, I didn't want to look at it, but I knew I had this thing in me. that I had to go forward with this and complete this. Wow. To be able to capture all of that, that you experienced just, you know, just your brothers, dear to your heart. And, and then to have this mission that you have, just helping others who may be dealing with the thoughts of suicide, which I will get into that a little bit to talk about your mission and uh, how you have become uh, an advocate for preventing suicide. So I want to get back into the book a little bit and just talk more about the mission that you have with this book and and what you are looking to give people and what you want them to take out of this book. Okay. Aside from having a film made, which I'm working on trying to get, whether it's a documentary, a short film, or a full feature, uh, to get it out there because the visual impact will have a great positive message. It'll be extremely inspirational. I know for sure it will save lives. The other idea that I've got that I'm I'm trying to figure out how to go from step one to step two and get it to completion is getting it in every high school in America. Because I think if kids read this, they will, you know, if they've got thoughts of suicide or they're depressed or they're not sure what to do, that this will show them that they're not alone. They're loved. There's help for them. Today, suicide is, is something that's broadly spoken about and the stigma of shame is pretty much gone. It's just a matter of, of how to deal with it at this point, how to preempt it and prevent it. But I I think that if kids in high school were made to read this book, they would see the impact and the, and the wrath of pain and horror that's left with their family and friends behind them. Their, their pain's over, but the rest of the pain falls on the family and friends who are the survivors. I know it because I've lived it. Yes. And you've you've gone through it yourself. So, you know, firsthand and just, you know, about your brother a little bit here. What clues did you guys have? Did you I mean that he had even thoughts of suicide? Did he show anything? Was there any clue at all? Or was it all like a just I mean, I know it was shocking. Nobody expects that. But when you look back, did you see any type of clue that would make you think that he's having these thoughts or there's something going on emotionally that would lead to something like this? 
you know, that's the big question mark because there were no clues, there were no hints, no indications, no speak of suicide or, or loss of life or anything. It, it just, it was incongruous because my brother's behavior was normally very overt, happy. You'd never think there was a care in the world, which, you know, some might say, well, you know, he must have hidden them pretty well. So whatever demons he had going on in his own mind and whatever fears, um, he did hide pretty well because there was no sign. We had no note. We had no indication. We were totally blindsided. Um, it was that much worse because we had no way to intervene and intercept this before it happened. We didn't know. So that kind of shows you there that you never know what people are going through. Even, you know, teenagers, college students, you know, you never know just by the outer expression all the time. But this is something that a lot of people have gone through and that somebody listening today may have even thought of it or maybe dealing with some emotional struggles that can lead to some thoughts of that. And in your effort to prevent suicide, what are some of the things Things that you are doing basically, basically today, just sharing that information with us is helpful that somebody could be helped by it. But what are some of the other things you're doing as an advocate to prevent suicide? Okay, well, I'm involved in several different um, avenues of awareness. And aside from using the book, which I've been doing for about eight or nine years since it came out, doing radio, television, and journal interviews to raise awareness, to hopefully save a life or lives. My brother was in the Army, and his unit was about to go to Vietnam, so we don't know if that had something to do with it. This was back in 65, and you know, watching all these, these body parts and kids coming back in body bags and the, the way the media portrayed the war, which was pretty horrific in itself, mm-hmm. um, could have caused something, you know, a trigger. We don't know. But I have gotten involved. I'm a member of the Union League Club here in Philadelphia, and I'm on the Armed Services Council the American Legion Post 405, the Ben Franklin Post in Philadelphia, and the Veterans Club table. And I really feel strongly and have focused on veterans coming back from war with this fog of war that they suffer, and they, they don't always know how to deal with it. And veterans, unfortunately, to the tune of about 154 veterans a week, take their life. And that's a statistic that's just, for me, it's intolerable. So I'm doing whatever I can to help these guys. There's a documentary coming out called Almost Sunrise. It's actually out, but it's going to have a screening in Philadelphia on the 4th of October at the Kimmel Center. And they have asked me to give, after the screening, as a segue to the panel, which they're going to have, to give a perspective from a different kind of PTSD, which is something I suffered from. It wasn't a military PTSD, but someone who's had the experience that I've had wears that badge of pain for the rest of your life. And I'm coming from a different perspective, but at the same time, I'm connected to all these military branches and law enforcement and all these guys at the league and everywhere I go who run headlong into trouble and then take the trauma with them. So I'm reaching out in that aspect as well, and I will wind up working with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention here in Philadelphia for the Pennsylvania Department. So I'm reaching out in any way that I can to use the book as a tool, but also use my experience as a tool, put myself in the firing line and to let these let these folks know that they're going to survive given the correct help. Look, I had a psychoanalysis which saved my life. If I hadn't had that, because I was really becoming unraveled and I don't know that I would have made it, but that literally saved my life. It took four years, you know, four or five days a week and persistence, but it's invaluable. So one of my messages is there is help out there, and whether it's a psychoanalysis, a counseling, 
talking to someone, a, a doctor, calling 911, a bartender, a friend, a cousin, uh, an acquaintance, a stranger, you know, just to open up and vent. Because if you have the opportunity to speak to someone for 10 minutes who's on that edge of desperation, you might just save their life. There's a window, there's a narrow window where you can stop someone from jumping off a bridge. You can stop someone from, you know, taking their life because you can let them know, again, that they're not alone, they're loved, and there is help out there for them. And just sometimes knowing that is enough to choose life instead of death for someone who's that on that desperate edge. Wow, that is great information. Because I was just going to say, you know, what would you say to young teenagers, high school students who um, who may experience maybe bullying, name calling, low self-esteem or whatever it is? Because a lot of our teenagers are dealing with a lot of emotional struggles and they're not able to verbalize it. And as you said, like with your brother, you never knew he, he expressed happiness outwardly. Uh, and then this happened suddenly. So with, with teenagers, with young people, uh, what would your words of encouragement be, or what would your words of guidance and advice be for those who have considered or had thoughts of suicide and who just may be listening right now? Well, um, let me just say this, that, the adolescent years and the teenage years are really difficult. They're transitional years, and I've been there. I know the, the stresses and the feelings of inadequacy and the fears and how sometimes everything, including life, just seems insurmountable, and the problems just seem like there's no way around them. But let me just say that there is a way around them. You've got to stand up for yourself, and I, you know everybody's been bullied at one time in their life, but you have to just shut that out and realize what a great person you are and how valuable you are to yourselves, to your families, to your friends, and to the world. Your potential is enormous, and you don't want to give in to threats of intimidation and any other kind of physical or emotional abuse because your life's too valuable, and you get one shot at it, and you need to enjoy it and need to employ every method that you have to forge forward and fight your way through this so that you can see the other side and have the success and all the wonderful happiness, love, and joy that you deserve and you're entitled to. And don't ever let anybody try or take that away from you. That's your God-given right when you're born, to be happy and healthy. All right. Well, thank you so much. That was excellent. That was excellent. And I hope somebody is helped by that. Thank you for sharing that. Just share with us before you go today, we'd like to know, you know, where your book can be purchased. Again, that was uh, called Bader Field, How My Family Survived Suicide. So where can we purchase that? The book is online. It's on Amazon. It's in the Apple iBook store. It's in about 60 different digital markets worldwide. Well, you can also order a soft copy of it. And if you just do a search for Baderfield, How My Family Survived Suicide or Baderfield by Carl David, it's Carl with a C, um, it, it's out there. And if anybody wants to email me, my email address is carledavid at gmail.com. It's C-A-R-L-E-D-A-V-I-D at gmail.com. I am always happy to listen, to help, to refer and to be there if anybody's thinking about suicide or, or wants to figure out a way to get around it and not do it, needs an ear to listen without judgment. And that's the most important thing. If anybody is listening out there who's a caretaker or who is involved with someone who is considering it or, or hears of someone who is considering it, you're better off than proactive. And if you need to call for someone who won't call for themselves, 
call the police, call 911, call a hospital, call their family, call somebody. You're much better off to be a little bit overzealous and embarrass them rather than say, oh, I wish I would have called them. I might have been able to save their life. You know, that, that, that window is there for you and everybody needs to step up. And I'm always here to listen if anybody ever needs me. Thank you so much, Mr. Carl E. David. We appreciate those words. And on your mission to help others, that's a great, great offer to be able to listen to other people. So hopefully, you know, people take advantage of that opportunity. All right, everybody, we've had with us today, Mr. Carl David, author of Bader Field, How My Family Survived Suicide. You can purchase that book online, Amazon, and all those places that he mentioned. And thank you so much. We appreciate you sharing with us today and being on our show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cindy. My pleasure. It was an honor honor being with you here. You've been listening to Positive Pulse. I'm Sandy Washington thanking you for listening. Please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter at Positive Pulse FM and feel free to subscribe to our podcast at PositivePulseFM.com. Thank you for listening. Positive Pulse. Positive news and entertainment. Positive Pulse FM.